for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Maybe you have your notes. Uh, I have a laser pointer. I'll do something here in a minute. But uh, last week, I started a little mini-series called uh, Do Not, Don't Let Them Fade. And it was from Deuteronomy chapter 4. I'm reading along, Deuteronomy, just loving the word. And then all of a sudden, Deuteronomy 4 verse 9 jumped out at me. You ever have a verse jump out at you? Okay, so this thing jumps out at me. It's particularly this phrase, don't let, Moses is saying, don't let the things you... The miracles you've seen and the commands you've heard, don't let them fade from your heart. And I was like, you know, I can forget things, but what's this fade from your heart? And I realized that's a thing because fading from our heart and forgetting things are two different things. You can forget things in your mind But the impact of something that hits you, like I just got impacted about 30 seconds ago. The impact of the gratitude of God stepping in and keeping my left eye working, okay? The impact, I don't want it to fade from my heart. So Moses is exhorting and warning. Do I see a hand? Notes, okay, yes. If you need notes, raise your hand. It will help you. Because I've got some scriptures there, and thank you, Liam's back there on the screens. He'll do a great job putting putting verses up. <clears throat> uh, but I I do want to continue with this um, this t- today um, about not letting these things fade from our heart. Our heart <clears throat> is our spirit man. We have a soul. We have our mind, will, emotions, but we also have a spirit man. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, so in Bible terms, when the wonder and zeal that we have for God begins to fade, when that happens, we become spiritually dull. What happens is we begin to slide into compromise in some way or another. And it doesn't happen all of a sudden. You've heard the the frog in the kettle thing, right? Everybody know the thing about the frog in the kettle? You put a, a frog in a pot on a stove, and if the, if the water was really boiling hot, the frog would jump out right away. But if it's nice room temperature, the, flo- the frog's in there enjoying the water. You turn up the stove, the heat, the water gets hotter and hotter. And I don't know if it's scientifically accurate, but the frog dies because he didn't realize before it was too late. I guess it's kind of like not having enough water during the hot days. You kind of realize, well, I'm just kind of stay hydrated out there, okay? All right. So when we start to have this fading of our heart, what happens? It's not all of a sudden, but our prayer life fades, our Bible reading fades, our church attendance fades, our, our tithing fades, our strength fades, our joy fades. And one remedy 
is to regularly renew our mind, which is a fancy, you know, it's basically a church term for remember what the Lord has done. Does anybody remember the song, Look What the Lord Has Done? Donnie, do you know that song? I don't know. I bet you do. <laughs> Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to praise his name. Each day is just the same. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise the Lord. Renew, remembering the things the Lord has done will help us to have a heart that is not faded. And I began to think about, old. I love going to old Texas towns, and a lot of these old Texas towns have a Coca-Cola sign that they painted, what, in the 40s or 50s? And so I was looking up and thinking about a faded Coca-Cola sign. Can you put that up? I think I got a little laser pointer to show. Okay, you see that? Now, if you look real close, remember I said your joy fades when your heart starts to fade? That says up there, you can't see it, but it says, enjoy Coca-Cola. So the joy fades when we allow and don't remember the things the Lord has done. My point is, keep them fresh. Keep telling them, tell Lane, tell Briggs about this provision. The day after, or a couple days later, keep them fresh. So then I thought about a new Coca-Cola sign. Can we put up a new one? There. Look what it says there. Relieves fatigue. (laughs) I mean, prophetic Coca-Cola signs? Come on. Okay, now we know biologically... Dietary wise, you know, they're saying it relieves fatigue because you're chunking down sugar and caffeine, right? And I won't even go with what the original Coca Cola had because we're a mixed room and we're online, okay? But when you keep your heart from fading, the Lord strengthens you and you have spiritual strength. I think, Kyle, you, did you know I was doing this? Psalm 68.6, 78.6, what did you share? 78.4. 78, 78.4, I'm close enough. See, I forgot it from my mind, but the impact <laughs> did not fade from my heart. You pass it on to your children. The Lord doesn't want us to be fatigued. And so much of this is that we renew our minds to the things God's, God's done. Now, Paragraph B, why did Moses exhort the people of Israel to not let the things they've seen and heard fade from their heart? Why did he do it? Well, first of all, Moses knew he wasn't going into the promised land himself. But he knew they weren't ready. Mom, do you ever know, Rachel, I mean, these kids aren't ready for this. Right? you got to prepare them. And Moses is trying to prepare them for the immense challenges they were going to face. It's like, you don't know what it's going to be all about. When you go into the promised land, he was preparing them to enter the promised land. And he was saying to them, 
you're going to face giants, walled cities, enemies that vastly outnumber you. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be exhausted. So remember what you've seen. Remember what you've seen in the past that I went before you and I'll go before you in the future. He's trying to get them to understand that and see that. It's kind of like a pregame locker room prep, pep talk of a coach. You know, he's saying, look, I know that other team. And I remember growing up with sports, you know, you, when we're <clears throat> the practice before the game, look how big those guys are. You know, we were in a private, private school, in, a Christian school in Dallas, and we had to play some teams that were a lot bigger. And I'm thinking, that guy's got to have three kids on his team. You know, he shaves, and, and I had up to 10th graders, so it was, it was David against Goliath every time we played, and usually Goliath beat us. But, but here, this was a pep talk where Moses is saying God's they may be bigger and stronger, but God went before you back then. He's going to go before you now. That's what is happening here. And, and so you, we need to remind ourselves of the things God's done. So, And I'll just throw this one in just for fun, okay? Not to get all biological on you, but uh, they get into the promised land and then, the, and then uh, Moses may or may not have thought about, realized this. I don't know how much understanding he had. But they crossed the, the, the Jordan River. And uh, the first thing, one of the first thing God's, God tells them is, have all the men get circumcised. Now, that's like, wait, I've got good news and bad news. The, the Jordan parted. You're all in the promised land, yay. But let's celebrate by having all you men line up. <laughs> we got flint stones, flint stones, flint rocks. And, you know, that's major surgery for an adult. All right? It's not, it's major. And, uh, and so there was no ICU for getting circumcised, all the men. It was, all right, here's your recovery plan. You're going to march around the city, Jericho, once a day, seven days. And on the seventh day, you're going to march seven times. And then as you're healing, you're going to shout. The walls are going to fall down. And then you're going to run in and take the city. Now, that's hard to think what you would face with that challenge. But God knew what he was doing. God's ways are higher than our ways. Why would he even make that a, rule, a law? I mean, why did he command them to get circumcised? Well, first of all, the, men, the 40 years they were in the wilderness, they didn't get circumcised. I'm not quite sure why, but um, there's not, I studied it out a little. I'm not sure why. But once they got into the promised land, Circumcision was an outward physical sign of God's covenant with his people. And so he was like, you've got to be, you've got to in, enact and activate my covenant relationship with you, or you're not going to make it. 
So God, Moses knew the challenges they were going to face, and it's, it's so beautiful. They weren't perfect. Timothy, you shared that in Sunday school. They, they, weren't, they, they messed up some. But they, God went before them, and they took many cities in the promised land. And so he was saying, this is what you're going to need to get ready. So Roman numeral 2, actually the bottom part there, uh, I think it's letter C in Roman numeral 1. There are, I see four main reasons that we need to not let these things we've seen and heard fade from our heart. And I'm going to skip the second one today, just because I feel like the Lord wants me to go to the third one. And uh, it's for the sake of our children after us. And it's all through Deuteronomy 4. For the sake of our children after us, we who have children, or you may not have biological children, but you have spiritual sons and daughters. We need to keep these things fresh so we can pass them on to the next generations. Look at it here, verse 9. We already, the key verse here for this series. Only be careful and watch yourselves, Moses says, watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. Then later, the last verse of Deuteronomy 4 repeats this idea. Keep his decrees and commands, which I'm giving you today, so that it may go well with you and your children after you, and that you may live long in the land the Lord your God gives you. So these are the, this is the reason I want to focus in on today. Moses is saying, remember and keep these things fresh so you can pass them on. I think one of the biggest problems in our society right now is young people who don't have a healthy identity. They don't know who they are, and they don't know whose they are. And especially coming out of COVID, there's an identity crisis. I think there's always been somewhat of an identity crisis, but... It's really been heightened these days. Um, and so the world is constantly preaching it, young people, Gen Z and millennials, uh, that, that God's not there for you. There, he's not really even existing or he's not really there for you. Well, when you pass on specific whiz-bangs where God moved in your family... It helps your kids to say, oh, God's real. He's relevant in my life, and he cares about me personally. Okay, those are the things. Those give the children and spiritual children a healthy identity because the world's preaching another lie to them. And their flesh is lying to them, and certainly the devil's lying to them. So we are, this is such an important reason to keep our heart 
fiery. The opposite of a faded heart is a fiery heart, a vibrant heart that longs to live before the Father's eyes, that lives in the fear of the Lord. You keep yourself fiery, and you'll be able to pass on some things that really matter. And I don't mean, well, what, my kids are all grown. It doesn't matter what age they are. You keep passing them on. Doesn't matter even how, if you're a spiritual mother or father here, you can be younger than the person you're a spiritual mother and father to. It's not an age thing or a gender thing. It's a maturity thing. And it's, do I have something to pass on? Every one of you has got stuff that's really good to pass on. Amen. All right. So, paragraph C. Actually, it's the, I don't know if I got B or not. I kind of scribbled some things there. But Revelation 12, 11, you give testimony of what God's done in your life. It helps the children overcome. They overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We took communion today. And the word of our testimony. Amen. So we, you give testimony, and they're like, Really? And it, and it helps them overcome. Because if God did it back then, he can do it again. So Moses had it down. <clears throat> Paragraph uh, C there, capital C. Uh, this idea of passing it on to the children. He called Israel to seven, to, to follow, to celebrate seven feasts of the Lord every year. Every year, and here's the kicker about those seven feasts. They're not Jewish feasts. They're called feasts of the Lord in Leviticus. Um, I think I've got it somewhere, Leviticus uh, 2337. Thank you. They're called feasts of the Lord. So if you make mention of the Lord, you're a Gentile Christian like me, you still get to celebrate the feasts of the Lord. And I say it when we have our feasts here that we celebrate. I'm like, you know what it means? God likes to party. <laughs> He's got seven parties lined up and then Hanukkah, right? Which is an eight-day party tacked on to the seven feast days. And so, but here's the kicker. All the feasts of the Lord involve children. The children get to be involved. Uh, This Passover, this is called a Haggadah. It's like an an order of the Passover. Seder means order. We'll be having one again um, in in, uh, the the spring. Okay, but what this is about in this in this that we do. I think at Riverman Hills we've pretty much done it maybe 15, 16 years in a row. But all over the world. A Jewish boy or girl, they go through this and they get to be involved in the supernatural things God did in Israel's history. And so there's things like um, there's things like the the Seder plate, the children. If if you've ever been to a Seder, there's like grape juice and they dip their finger in and uh, put it on the on the plate for the different plagues, you know, frogs. Lice, cattle disease. Anybody remember that, right? Well, the kids are learning, and they're saying it out of their mouth. Then, the, then they have, the Seder has children ask the four questions. Why is this night different? Why do we dip our 
carp is in the salt water. It's to remind them the fact that they've been delivered uh, from the, the tears of being enslaved. And, and so all of this is passing it on to the children. I could go on and on about that, but that's, <clears throat> that's an example from uh, Israel and what we get to celebrate about today. It's, it's all about not letting what God did fade from our heart so we can teach it to the kids. And in Joshua 4, the next uh, book after Deuteronomy, it says... In Joshua 4, uh, Joshua evidently learned from Moses because when God parted the Jordan River, he said, get 12 men to bring back 12 stones and erect a monument in the Jordan River for the sake that when your children see these stones and they ask you, what do these stones mean? You can tell them. A God story. You can pass it on. So even then, Joshua's like, yeah, he said, remember what you've seen. Hey, guys, let's go put these stones so our kids can see it. Because they're going to have challenges, too. <clears throat> Joshua 4, 6 basically says that. Um, and I already kind of summed it up. So paragraph E, I love this verse in Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. It says, now, I love family devotional times, but Deuteronomy 6, look what it says, verse 7. You shall, shall teach these commands and the, 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 thing, the God stories. Teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. He's saying, always be ready. Always keep a fiery heart because your kids may ask you some question that is a teaching opportunity. It's a moment to pass on something that will cause them to have a healthy identity. God's real. He's relevant. He cares about me. They get that confidence. I'm in a family where parents know the God of the universe. I mean, I'm, I've said this one before, but I just love this one. <clears throat> I'm driving along. I don't know, Kyle might, might have been six years old or something or seven, something, maybe four. We're driving along in Longview in, out in East Texas, and he looked real perplexed. I said, what's wrong, Kyle? He said, Daddy, can Jesus beat up a porcupine? And he was vexed, you know, I was like, <laughs> I had to be, I was ready. I said, well, Kyle, you know, because he knew about Jesus being God Almighty and he can be, he can, he can do anything. I said, I said, Jesus could, because, you know, a six-year-old trying to fathom, how can you get around the quills to beat up a porcupine? I said, I said, Kyle, Jesus could beat up the porcupine, but he doesn't want to. Because he loves the porcupine. And what that did was reveal some of the nature of the character of God. He's all powerful, but he's also loving. 
And so I don't know if Kyle made the mental uh, math on it, but, you know, if Jesus loves the porcupine and he won't beat the porcupine up, Jesus loves me and he won't beat me up. Sometimes the enemy says, oh, God's trying to beat you up. Yeah. So be, my point is, don't let these things fade so we can be ready to answer our kids. A piece of advice for all the parents and spiritual parents, two things. When you pass things on, don't be boring and don't be condescending. Don't be boring. Well, back when I was your age, and they start rolling their eye. I walked five miles through three feet of snow uphill to school both ways. What? Barefoot. Or whatever you tell them, don't be bored, you know, just hone it down. You don't want them rolling their eyes because if you're sharing a God moment, it should be exciting. Like that's going to be an exciting story about the provision. It's going to help them to know. You know, I remember um, Zeb Kashdan, when he was, years ago, he was praying for, the, for it to snow. Do you remember that? Anybody remember that? And it snowed out in Texas in this time. And it was like, it wasn't supposed to. And his faith was just built up. Okay. So those are the kind of things we, we can look at and say, you know, don't be boring when you tell a story. Because it, it, it's, it's important. You don't want them to roll their eyes. Second, don't be condescending. You know, don't talk down to those that are children or spiritually, you know, the young people and, and whatnot. Um, because the truth is, when I look at young people today, and I don't even want to single some people out in the room right now, but I am honored that you want to come and hear an old guy like me. Because we live, I don't even know what the stats are. I didn't want to look it up. The stats of teens and 20-somethings who don't go to church. But you're here. You're going for it. And so I'm looking at you saying, Man, I believe you're going to go further and faster and live higher and more dedicated and more focused than me. You know why? Because the evil is so high, God's raising up a generation that's got more faith. Where sin abounds, the grace of God abounds out much more. So I'm looking at you going, come on. You're my hero. And, and, and so there's that, there's that passing on of things with that attitude. So don't be boring. Don't be condescending. God's raising up your generation to stand in the gap so that he won't destroy the land. And I believe there is coming a great end time billion soul harvest of souls. And you're going to usher it in, young people. You really are. Amen. If you can get the videos ready, I want to show a couple of videos, uh, just for the sake of time, of, of testimony of my children that are now adults, 
Can you show the picture of my, my children up there that were, that are, yeah. That's Grace choking Kyle. It's a, Grace was a UFC fighter. That's called a rear naked choke, and she's just practicing her moves on him. Well, there are times, I don't really know what these videos say. I kind of skimmed a little viewers, but I don't remember exactly. But I asked them to do a little video of something that either I or Suzanne passed on to them that they remember to illustrate what you're doing. And then I asked Abigail uh, Gordon to do the same thing. Did you know I did that? I heard her talking on her phone. Okay. So I don't know what it is, but it's probably something that you've passed on to her. So Grace is right now a missionary in Bali, Indonesia. So she's, so I don't know which order is, is which, but thank you, Kyle, for letting me show that. All right. Nice toddler university shoes, by the way. All right. Go ahead and play the videos. Hi, Ruth family. When I think on my childhood and a lot of the big decisions my parents made, um, specifically in the area of moving, pretty much every time there was real supernatural interventions and my amazing parents always attributed it to the Lord so I always grew up hearing that was the Lord that was the Lord that was the Lord and one of the maybe the first time the first big supernatural intervention from the Lord was when I was four or five and we were living in Rockwall we were in a smaller house and um, as me and my brother were getting bigger we were it was time to move to a bigger house and um, in the same neighborhood. But looking back, I guess behind the scenes, the Lord had been impressing upon my parents to, uh, an opportunity had arise for them to move to Longview. And so it was all happening at the same time. We had moved into this house that they were excited about and they felt no peace. And that was a sign from the Lord that they were supposed to move to Longview. So. Um, they were in breach of their contract. They had 24 hours to get out, and the Lord supernaturally intervened for us to get out of that house we had just moved into in 24 hours and um, for, through many different ways. And that is something that I have just gleaned upon. And their history, their spiritual history, the Lord has become my spiritual history and something, my history of the Lord, that I really draw upon now. Hey, church family. Pastor Kyle here. My dad has asked me to share a story from my childhood of supernatural divine intervention, basically where God broke in on behalf of our family. He didn't tell me what to share. He just said, share whatever comes to your heart on where God moved in the midst of our family in the past. And so as I was praying, I asked the Lord, Lord, what is a supernatural divine intervention that has happened in my family's history that I remember, even before I was a believer, when I was a little kid, I could see God work and see him move. And so the story that came to my heart was actually, I believe it was in 1997, we were at a prophetic conference where this young prophet of the Lord, this young man, probably 18 or 19 years of age, by the name of Sean Bolts, he's now in his 40s and has an incredible worldwide ministry of prophetic accuracy. But during this prophetic conference, I was just in the, the kids' church, and there was a lot of Holy Spirit activity in the kids' church at this conference. But in the main service, Sean Bowles called out my mom 
and said, in six months, there will be great transition in your family. Basically, the winds of the Lord will blow your family and transition y'all to a different place. And he wasn't super specific with it, but he gave a specific timeline. In six months, God will transition your family. Well, guess what? In six months to the day, our family moved and pulled up, our movement pulled up to our home in Austin. We stepped out in faith from a great church in East Texas to plant a church, the church that we are currently sitting in today, River in the Hills, based on a word, a supernatural divine intervention from the prophet of the Lord, calling out someone who didn't know, happened to my mom. Six months of the day, God was faithful to his word, and he transitioned us. He sent the wind at the back of our family, sent us out with faith and blessing to the city of Austin. And we're still here today because God is faithful and he wants our church to exist. If you haven't met my mom, she is an absolute woman of faith, which is one thing that she's taught me is that the Lord is always on time. No matter if it seems like it's our time or not, he's always going to be there. He's always going to provide for you. And more than that, whenever he asks you to give, it's usually because he wants to bless you more. And I've just seen that within my mom and her stepping out in faith and always trusting the Lord with our finances, you know, with our house, with our peace, whatever it is, is that he is so faithful to go abundantly further than we could ever ask or imagine. And when that comes to, you know, not having enough money to pay rent or get our groceries and her just completely depending on the Lord and the Lord being so faithful to always show up. And um, she's just really taught me what it looks like to wait on God because he's worth it, because he's never going to let you go without lack. Uh, that's just one small thing that my mom's taught me. So... Wow. Now, I don't want anybody to think, because they know better than anyone, Grace and Kyle, and I think, Sherry, you would agree, you know, we've messed up as parents. They've seen weakness. They've seen different things. So it's, it's not that at all. It's just I keep signing back up. My heart faded about a dozen times last week. But I signed back up. You can go 10 steps away and he's one step back. And you sign up. Here I am again. And as you sign up again, he is uh, he then brings thankfulness in your heart for things. I do now set my phone at 4:09 in the afternoons for Deuteronomy 4, verse 9, to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to remind me of something he did supernaturally, or a message I heard, or, or a, a Bible verse, and because I need my Spotify playlist of Holy Ghost stories, okay? We should tell ghost stories to each other. Holy Ghost stories. To remind myself to keep it fresh. Worship team, if you could come up. Thank you. I want to tell you something that I've been waiting maybe a year to tell you. It's one of the coolest things, and it's related to this today, that uh, prophetic encounters 
that uh, I can remember. About a year ago, in the middle of the night, I started hearing, and you can just start, we used to call it tinkling on the ivories, you know, play on the piano, whatever. Um, middle of the night, I kept hearing this phrase, <clears throat> Tova the children. Tova, and I was like, what is that? I don't know what Tova, I, I figured it was probably Hebrew, but I don't know Hebrew. It's like Tova. About an hour or two later, I wake up, Tova the children. Another hour or two, Tova. So, so I look it up the next morning, you know, what Tova means. I won't tell it to you yet. It's in your notes. But, but it had to do with valuing the children. And so this was like on a Thursday. That Sunday, he's still a member of River in the Hills, as far as I know, but he's in Japan right now or Korea. Uh, Joseph Weissman, anybody remember Joseph? Joseph comes up to me after, uh, after Sunday school and goes, Pastor Glenn, I had this very interesting dream. Maybe you can help me. It was... We were in a worship setting and we were we were singing and the words on the screen were were in English and in Hebrew and then I was like, oh no, if he says Tova, I'm gonna like what? And he goes, he goes, but the only word I remember in the dream was this word Tova, and I was like, ah! and it was so I know that I know. God's spoken the call, a call on this church is that we value the children. On the back of your notes, I told that story, but in this last paragraph, the first answer, I looked up the meaning and I was shocked at what Tova meant. The first answer that popped up was the following Tova means God is good. It's like, that's cool. But that Tova is a unique name for your one-of-a-kind little one. Tova is a girl's name in Hebrew in origin. The title means God is good and can act as a baby's reminder of the power of her faith. Now, I don't get that. It's not like I hear this kind of stuff all the time. But you know what that tells me? with that Sound of Freedom move, uh, movie, with getting rescuing children out of human trafficking in this hour, you parents are raising tender lambs in a culture of wolves. And God's gonna give us grace to say, to build identity in the children in this younger generation, God is good and you are unique. Would you stand up to your feet? Father, I believe you've gotten our attention in this hour. I thank you for Abigail. I thank you for Grace and Kyle and for all the children. We thank you for our parents who pass things on to us. And even right now, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would bring to remembrance something that 
our parents passed on to us or a spiritual mother or father. Just going to give a moment. Holy Spirit, would you bring that to remembrance? And now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would also bring to remembrance something that we have passed on to, to our children or to the other generations beneath us in age. Lord, forgive us for forgetting, for devaluing, for just filing away. Would you cause us to remember as you lead so that our hearts would not fade? They'd not fade from our heart. Stephen, right now, as we move into a song of dismissal, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would stir, stir our faiths, fan into flame our hearts wherever we've allowed it to fade. (sighs) Thank you for Abigail's testimony. And anyone in this room that's facing a financial challenge that you would stir their faith. Anyone facing a need for further healing. And I know we have many and some in this room for sure that facing the challenge of receiving full healing for their bodies. Holy Spirit, would you stir faith? Like our prayer teams to come forward. And I, I, this is one of the most interesting like altar call things, but I want us, as you sing worship team, I want us to uh, if you need God to give you a break like I saw this I've been Suzanne and I've been talking this week God's been giving this last week I think there's this this season of like he's given us a break it's like we we kind of stumble across something that's like that's really a blessing Maybe it's a break for healing or finance, but if you need a break, would you come forward? Just come forward, right? Just stand at the altar. And some of our prayer teams may come and pray with you, but just say, I need a I need God to give me a break in parenting, or God to give me a break in finance, or God to give me a break in understanding what my future plans are, calling is. It's basically a like a real way of saying, God, I need your mercy and I need you to break in. I need your supernatural. (sighs) I thank you, Father, that we overcome by the word, by the blood of the Lamb as we've taken communion. We overcome by the word of our testimony. Let's just go before the Lord now. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. 
to download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.